It seems like we don't know a single thing in the NFL. After a Monday Night Football, the 49ers absolutely shellac the Los Angeles contending Rams. So to talk about it here, we got Sosa Cremenas unlocked on NFL Podcast, as well as the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Strap in. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen of the day. It's Tuesday. That usually means you get me, Luke Braun, and Ross Jackson. Ross Jackson is on a magical adventure, and I'm not going to add any more details to that. So instead, today we have Locked On Rams host Sosa Cremenes. What's going on, man? Talk a little bit about the Rams, who uh, just wrapped up their Monday Night Football game. Yeah, I I would much rather be wherever Ross is right now, because this was not (laughs) a good performance by the Rams, like you mentioned. They lose 31 to 10. I mean, they got dominated every which way possible. This game was yeah. 31 to 3. Let's call it what it was, right? They scored a garbage time touchdown. That was worthless. So, dominated on both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. I mean, we knew exactly what the 49ers wanted to do in this game. I mean, there was no surprises here, right? They're going to run the football a ton. Yeah. And they're going to throw to Debo Samuel and George Kittle on third down and try to get yak out of those guys. And the Rams had absolutely no plan whatsoever for it. And on the defensive side of the ball, sorry, the offensive side of the ball, equally as bad. I mean, Matthew Stafford has maybe his worst game as a Ram. And that's kind of funny to say, considering the fact that he threw two interceptions last week on Sunday night football, another primetime game. So like you mentioned, feels like we don't know anything about the NFL right now. I'm questioning everything about this team. You know, I came into this one thinking they're close to being maybe the favorite. Maybe they are the favorite. And now they add two you know, very, very good caliber players. And here we are, uh, you know, circling a lot of questions. And unfortunately for the Rams, they're going into a bye week now. They're not going to be able to answer anything for, you know, upwards of two weeks. So a lot of questions that are deserving for this team. Yeah, and, and if you look at what the last couple weeks have been for the Rams, I mean, it was an arms race. You're bringing in Von Miller, you're bringing in Odell Beckham. And of course, I mean, Odell Beckham seemed like he was on a pitch count, probably not quite up to speed with the offense yet. That's fine. Um, so you hopefully you expect more from him moving forward. But it seems like the Rams, I mean, they're all in every year, right? Like they're they're totally going to fall apart next year, every year. <laughs> and they'll, they'll find a way to bring in some other superstar or whatever. But it does seem like for all of the talent that they brought in for going and getting Matt Stafford and, um, you know, they, they have this huge renaissance of Cooper Cup and, and Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and, and then these new guys, it's like they're so star-studded, and yet this is now two weeks in a row. I mean, are, are the Rams falling apart here? Is this existential, or is it like, eh, a rough patch will be okay? I think there's a, a legitimate reason for, like, a lot of concern right now. Like you mentioned, you pay all these guys top-of-the-market deals. I mean, Aaron Donald getting all-time money. Jalen Ramsey getting the most cornerback money ever. You're trading for guys like Von Miller. You're trading for guys like Odell. And like you mentioned, Odell may be the one that we can't really talk about too much right now. He's running on four yeah, days. Yeah, give him more than here, like but, two days. Of, yeah. Yeah, right. You know, three plays. He, he knows as many plays as I do in that playbook. So everyone else, <laughs> though, on the, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it was brutal. You have so many superstars on that side of the ball. Nobody stepped up tonight. I mean, nobody made a play when it was third and seven, third and nine, third and six. 
everyone consistently just you know mistake after mistake you see a guy like aaron donald jumping off sides on third and two i mean that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about mm -hmm. this game this guy doesn't make mistakes so it felt like you know one of those games where it just kind of got worse and worse when it rains and pours type of situation but it's not a one-off we're talking about two weeks back to back now with absolutely yeah. pathetic performances not like you know you lost by three on a last second field goal minnesota vikings style you know you know about that but relax this <laughs> <Chill>. was this <laughs> that's right in your wheelhouse right this was just bad like 30 plus <laughs> type losses so it's it's weird i don't know what it is with sean McVay throughout his career when he loses he loses bad it is like you know uh -huh. time to question things so I don't know really where the Rams sit right now with me. I, I'm questioning a lot of things. I think there's a lot of deserved, you know, criticism coming their way. And uh, I don't know how they rebound here, especially coming out of the bye. They're going to have to play against the Green Bay Packers. And uh, that is going to yeah. be a very tough game. Yeah. And well, now, so you go into the bye and you kind of get this moment to kind of collect yourself and, and really look in the mirror and be like, you know, test your metal. Who are you? It's a gut check moment. Um, and you get a little lucky, you know, the Cardinals missing their quarterback. They take an L as well. So the NFC West is still very much in reach and all that. But I love those moments in a, in a football team season, those kind of gut check moments. It's like, look, backs against the wall. We messed up. We did bad. Do we have that turnaround in us? And that kind of takes me to the 49ers, who we should talk about a little bit too here, who I think we're in that moment moment right now they're three and five everything's on the ropes kind of like tied for last with the Seahawks in their division look but yeah you know the NFC wild card is wide open and stuff there's a lot of parody and they come out and they play exactly the kind of game that the 49ers want to play Jimmy Garoppolo is sharp the running game's working they're doing all sorts of crazy schematic stuff wide receiver handoffs tons of motions and shifts and all this stuff you know they get George Kittle involved in all that and it turns into a route of a division rival for the 49ers, who now ascend to 4-5, and five, this has to feel pretty good, especially looking like there are playoff spots up for grabs right now. It's got to feel good. Yeah, like you mentioned, they're right in the thick of things, right? You talk about the seventh uh, spot now that's available in the playoffs. It's not six, six teams anymore. Now you got seven yeah. teams trying to get in, and it opens everything up. I mean, it feels like every year there's going to be a team that's I was going to say nine and seven, 10 and seven, or, you know, nine yeah. and eight type of situation. Like, That'd probably the get Panthers in. are in that spot right now. Like yeah. it's open. I seen a graphic the other day. It said uh, teams in the hunt and, and the New York giants were on there. So yeah, know, it could uh, be anybody. It's not, not realistic like, if, probably for them, but figure yourself out, go like, look in the mirror, figure yourself out. And if you're an NFC team, it doesn't really matter what your record is right now, as long as you're not like, you know, the lion's way out of it. Um, like, look, your, look in the mirror, fix what's wrong with you, go on a hot streak here in the last half of the season, and there's a playoff spot for you. It's, that's it, bar none. Like, you, everybody still has time to fix themselves, which kind of brings me to the, the, the parody point. I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, the, like, the, the NFC and the AFC, too. It seems like we don't know who's good and stuff. I want to get to that conversation uh, in, in just a little bit. First things first, though, it's getting cold outside. It's getting stressful. It's getting to be that time of year where we all daydream about beach vacations. And with BeachBound.com vacation, you could be bound for anything, for escape, for adventure, for passion, immersion, rejuvenation. You could even be bound for encountering the unexpected. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. All right, continuing on here, Locked On NFL, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, Sosa Kermenis of Locked On Rams, couple of NFC hosts here. And the NFC is weird. I mean, it's really hard to know 
kind of who's who here. I mean, you've got the Packers and Cardinals feel like the best teams because their losses came with backup quarterbacks. Obviously, those guys are going to be around in January, you would hope. Um, but, you know, you have the Rams. They got stinkers in them. Um, you know, you have the Cowboys. They have stinkers in them. All these kind of contenders. It's difficult to know. Usually by this time of year, we kind of have our three or four teams that we think it's pretty much like these are the front runners. We don't really have that. And on the AFC, it's even more murky. And I guess, I mean, I just want to talk about like the the idea of, of, of this parody here. We come into the season with such a, a, a fine idea of who's going to be good and who isn't. You know, we kind of thought Rams and Seahawks, that's the NFC West. And, and it's not. It's Rams and Cardinals. Um, and, you know, the Rams have, have just laid a couple eggs in a row here. So it, it, it f- this is what's beautiful to me about the NFL. I love that everybody can just fall apart on a moment's notice. It gives me a reason to watch in January, you know, the two seed versus the seven seed. Well, the two seed could fall apart and we could have a weird, improbable Eli Manning-esque run on our hands. I, I love that. It's the best. Yeah, like you mentioned. This is why NFL is king. I mean, there is so much parity yeah. in this league. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Tom Brady won, you know, 12. I get it. Yeah, but that's like the greatest player of all time, right? Outside of Tom Brady doing it pretty much all the time. It's like right. you, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. You're not going to get a situation here in the NBA where, you know, one player will literally make or break a team. Yes, the quarterback can oftentimes do that. But in general, like anything can happen any given Sunday, like you mentioned. And we even talked about it in the last segment. The 49ers come into this game at three and five. They're a lot more desperate than the Rams are. And so they get their, you know, horses right here and they kind of rebound. Now they're sitting at four and five. They're right in the thick of things. And then you mentioned the AFC. I mean, it felt like a week ago, the AFC was the weaker conference. We were all talking about how, you know, there was not really anyone even worthy of a Super Bowl spot there. But now you look at the Tennessee Titans. They're sitting at eight and two. They look tremendous. And if they get Derrick Henry back at some point later this season, I mean, they look like a team that could seriously do it. And I still think there's a lot of teams that are sort of in the mix there. You know, the Buffalo Bills, of course. I wouldn't count the Baltimore Ravens out. I feel like that team always has a good way when it comes to December and January. They're built to do that, run the football and stop the run. Um, and some other teams. Chiefs? Is anyone, Chiefs yeah, might have got their really business gonna, in order. That's right. Yeah, I'm not going to count out Patrick Mahomes, that's for sure. And yeah, never. They look like they're back real, real quick. So the NFL is king for this reason, you know, and it feels like whatever we thought we knew maybe two, three, five weeks ago, I feel like we know less now than we've ever known in an NFL season at this point. I mean, the Bucks and, and the Tom Brady-led team, they have bad losses on their schedule. The Rams have it. The NFC is kind of jumbled. We don't really know what's going on. The AFC, a lot of question marks. So I was asked you know, the other day, who do I think is going to be in the Super Bowl? I legitimately had no idea what to say. It was the hardest <laughs> no question idea. I think I've ever answered. Yeah, yeah, and it's harder than it's ever been, which is so much fun, but it can also be frustrating um, I mean, look, my team's four and five. My Vikings are four and five, and they're deeply frustrating, right? This deeply middle team. But then I look at like, you know, the Vikings have had middle years before. I, I remember one way back when I was a kid, 2004, the Vikings were like a middling team. I think they were like nine and seven or eight and eight that year. And that was the year of um, Donovan McNabb almost winning MVP were it not for uh, Peyton Manning. And, and the... Eagles were like far and away the best team in that conference. And you were like, okay, maybe we'll make the playoffs. Maybe we'll even win a game. But if we ever come up against the Eagles, it's over. And that's exactly what happened to those Vikings. It doesn't feel like that this time. It feels like everybody's beatable. And if, you know, so I'm just, listen to me cope in real time with my Vikings. (laughs) If they can just make it into the dance, maybe something can happen. But it feels like it's true. Um, yeah, it, it just feels so fun. I mean, we could like sit here and, and just name teams at each other forever. Although tomorrow yeah. is the power ranking show 
show with Tony and James. So we'll we'll leave that to them, I guess. Um, but I guess, I don't know, it, it, the inconsistency of the league has always been so fascinating to me. You can have a team like the Rams just absolutely boat race somebody and then fall apart on national TV twice in a row. Most definitely. And, you know, I would have chalked this up to like the one off type of situation because we all know divisional games are always weird. I mean, you know each other, you know what's going to happen. Those are always a little bit different than when you play teams that are out of conference or whatever. But I mean, you talk about it, two stinkers in a row. You're talking about the Titans yeah. and the Rams. They do not play off. And so you kind of knew what they wanted to do. And that's the thing now that I think is a huge issue for the Rams. And we never really thought of this as an issue maybe a few weeks ago. You played two run-heavy offenses. Uh, the Titans, they want to run the football. The San Francisco 49ers, they want to run the football. We know what they want to do. They're going to try and win at the line of scrimmage. They're going to try and knock you off the ball there and grind it out three, four, five yards at a time and try to get in ahead of the chains, and they don't want to be in third and long situations. And it's two weeks in a row now that the Rams have been beaten up in that exact same type of situation. So it's concerning. And, you know, like you mentioned, there's just no idea what's going to happen right now. I know at the end of the day, Tom Brady is always the guy that we sort of give the benefit of the doubt to. But they just lost to Washington by two scores. Right. And they lost to New Orleans, you know, prior to their bye as well. So to Trevor Yeah, like they're going through a thing of their own deal. So here's my question. Central question of all of this. Is there a single team you can name that is inarguably just that is just good? A team that's just good, like who's good? <laughs> is anyone good? You know, I think uh, I think we could say the Green Bay Packers are good. I, I feel pretty comfortable saying they're good. Maybe you might. Not I'm like contractually that, obligated to disagree, but I don't have an argument to support that, so I'll just right. bow out of it. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I might say the Packers are good. I just trust Aaron Rodgers. He feels like you know death taxes, yeah. and this guy's showing up, but. Right. I mean, even then, they've got some question marks, too. You know, I don't think they're as good. And now you see Aaron Jones go down with an injury. You know, some question marks on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Jair Alexander, when's he going to come back? Zadarius Smith. So I I think they're good. I, I feel like they're that one team that we have yet to really just kind of break down bad. But there's a lot of games left. So, I, you know, I wouldn't feel too great about, you know, saying that they are untouchable. At this point, I just feel like. There's really no favorite. I, I don't know how you could possibly pick a favorite. The favorite is the Cardinals because they're the best team, but I just don't trust them whatsoever when it gets to the playoffs. I mean, they have hardly any playoff experience. Yeah, watching that Cardinals-Panthers game, um, you could tell, like, for me, the Cardinals have been an incredibly lucky team. And now I've been I've been voting in the power, the Lockdown NFL Power Rankings poll, and I've been putting the Cardinals in the number one spot for forever. So Cardinals fans, don't come at me. I still got you number one. But they've been crazy lucky with ball bounces and stuff. And all that luck just turned around in that Panthers game, and they got all sorts of weird stuff that happened. So I have, like, no concerns about the Cardinals, really, because I still think that they're very good. It's For me, Packers and Cardinals are the only two teams I can, like, trust, you know, I could, like, put my life savings into and really trust that they will do what they're supposed to do. Um, and and, you know, I mean, if you try to do that in the AFC, it's like maybe the Bills, but the, man, the Bills have fallen apart a couple times. They just they lost to the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Like, it's wild. So it's it's a, a crazy, crazy year. And I think we're all much better off for it. Uh, it's so much fun. Um, from here, we are going to say uh, goodbye to Sosa. We're going to bring in Marcus Mosher for the Tuesday Fantasy Forum coming up in just a second. So Sosa, thank you so much for coming and hanging out on Locked On NFL Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Before we get into the Twitter Tuesday forum, real quick, a note about my new favorite app. GetUpside is an awesome app, free to get at the Google Play or App Store, where you can save on gas. Gas prices are getting frustratingly high. So let's take a little bit off the top. You can take up to 25 cents off per gallon at the pump. 
with the Get Upside app. Just go download it from uh, the Google Play or app, Apple App Store. It'll tell you what participating gas stations are nearby. Go get your gas. Tell them what pump you use to fill up. It'll take a day or so to process. And then that's just cash in your account. You can cash out however and whenever you want. There's no catch here. You can have a direct deposit right into your bank if you want, or you can do like a, an Amazon gift card or a PayPal or whatever you prefer. That is the Get Upside app. And if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN, you can get up to 50 cents off on your first fill up. That's twice as much savings. 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up just for using the Get Upside app and entering promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up. All right, everybody, it's time here for the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. I'm here with Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter, talking a little bit of fantasy football here. And I guess first thing I want to get to, I'm a Darren Waller owner, and I'm deeply disappointed. He has had, I think, what, like two games over 12 fantasy points this year? Like, it has been a deeply disappointing season considering what he was before, how he was getting all the targets and stuff. What do we make of this? Is he okay, or should we... I mean, should we be benching him for the rest of the season? Yeah, so you probably spent what a late second, early third round pick in Darren Waller this year, and he's only had two games over 65 receiving yards. It's obviously not what you want, only two touchdowns. I would say you just want to be patient here because he's still getting targets over the last oh, like seven games. He's averaging seven and a half targets a game. I think over the next month or so, he's going to continue to add targets. Uh, They just don't have really anybody else to throw to. So I think he's fine. I just think you just need to be a little bit patient uh, and he'll reward you come playoff time. All right, I'll stick with him. I got so I I got cooked by not putting by starting Darren Waller over Tyler Conklin this week. And I'm just extra salty about it. But now I'm going to make you talk about Tyler Conklin. Is he for real? I mean, you're probably the one to answer this, right? Like, it's pretty (laughs) clear he's then it's a no. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty clearly the, the, the guy there, like the tight end, but is he going to get consistent volume? Probably not. He scored, yeah. was it two goal line touchdowns this week? Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems a little fluky, right? Yeah, and it's he will continue to get red zone targets, so he might be like a red zone guy if you're like really just looking for a streaming option or something like that. That might have some upside, but it's more... So in internally in Minnesota... Um, they are working on ways to get the ball downfield more. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen more, yep. which means if you have those guys, you're disappointed in the volume that might increase here for the back part of the season. Uh, but yeah, he's Tyler Conklin might end up kind of getting left by the wayside there. Some of his targets might have to yep. go to the to the big boys on the outside. Now, if you um, are but, a Justin Jefferson owner, I think you got to be really encouraged by what you saw on Sunday, right? Like, oh, yeah, just absolutely torched that Chargers defense. The matchups coming up are pretty good. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you should be afraid of Green Bay this week at all with their cornerback situation. Uh, I think Jefferson is going to be in for a monster second half of the season. Yeah, and they're, like, making a concerted effort to target him more. So games yeah. like the last couple of weeks where he gets, like, two catches, three catches, they're going to try as much as they can to make that not happen. It, but let's- it feels like we're going to get, like, eight targets at least every single game from Jefferson going forward, right? Uh, they might even force the issue, yeah. But yeah. let's talk a little bit about some of the, the waiver wire pickups. This is kind of the time of year. If you're having a good season, you got to start thinking playoffs. you got to start looking at who's got the easy playoff schedules and stuff like that. Um, who should we be looking at? Yeah, so first and foremost, this is a really ugly week for, for pickups. There's just not a lot of guys out there that are going to help you. If Ramondre Stevenson is out there, you can go ahead and pick him up. I'm assuming that he's probably not. I know a lot of people started him this week when Damian Harris was ruled out. Uh, if A.J. Dillon, for whatever reason, got dropped, 
he's obviously somebody you should go pick up. But other than that, it's not a great week for for uh, you know some pickups. I will say Kendrick Bourne is somebody who is very fascinating. Uh, owned in less than fifty percent of ESPN leagues, hmm. he's been wide receiver ten since uh, since week three. So he's been very very productive. Uh, if he's not on a, a roster right now. Go ahead and spend the rest of your waiver wire bucks to get him because I think he's going to have a pretty <laughs> solid role going forward. Yeah, it's it's tough to make any sense out of like a New England offense. I mean, for years the running back situation in New England has been like it's a been thorn awful, in. Right? Fi- yeah, it's just so always so hard to uncover. So I feel, every time I'm like get a Patriot, I get like a little. I guess start feeling fluttery in my chest. Y- you're going to deal <laughs> with some of the shenanigans there, right? We yeah. used to call them the Kyle sh- uh, shenanigans or the Mike shenanigans, oh. right? <laughs> Uh, because of the way they treated running yeah. backs, so Bill Belichick is far worse. Yeah, well, same thing here. I mean, is is there any? I mean, I so in in a dynasty league, I've had Jeff Wilson stashed for a couple of weeks now, waiting for him to come back, seeing if there's going to be a role. And we're recording this before Monday Night Football, so listeners will know if yep. he got any run in Monday Night Football, which probably informs this a lot. Um, but is there anything about the the running back situation in San Francisco right now that we can maybe go pluck off the waiver wire? Yeah, I think Jeff Wilson is somebody who is going to have a lot of value going forward. We saw last year, uh, you know, when he played, he was really effective. And Trey Sermon is a healthy scratch for the 49ers. Jermichael Hasty is a healthy scratch. So I kind of think if Wilson's healthy, he's the guy and Elijah Mitchell's probably the third down back. So I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. So let's just talk a little more broadly about like playoff schedules because for people who maybe don't do this or don't know kind of the trick of all this i have heard for my whole life of playing fantasy football well just stick with the team that got you there but that feels like a really weird way to go about it right so like when you're talking about i'm eight and one in my league or whatever right now i'm gonna be in the playoffs how do you how does your approach to the waiver wire differ once yeah, you get to this uh, part of the season? that strategy of just playing who you drafted and starting your studs. It's a fantastic way to make sure that you get third in your league, right? And that's not the goal, <laughs> right? Right. The goal is to win. And there's no style points of who you drafted and who ends up starting. Like, we don't care. We just care about winning in this league. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it might feel gross to start Kendrick Bourne over Allen Robinson, but all we care about is fantasy points. So start the guys that are going to get the most points. Start the guys that you have the, the best matchups and don't care about the draft capital or how much you had to trade to go get somebody start the, the lineup that gives you the best possible chance to score the most points. I know that sounds simple, Luke, but that's really the it's, strategy you should be going with. Yeah. And it's hard to kind of divorce, especially when it's, you know, somebody that won you three games earlier in the season. And it's hard to kind of divorce yourself emotionally from exactly. that guy. Now that he's like not doing what he was doing before Correct. or somebody like Darren Waller, who was supposed to be, you know, this crazy 13 targets a game kind of wide receiver at the tight end position hack. And if he's not hacking the game like he's supposed to, you got to move on from that. And I you know, sound a little Tyler bitter. Conklin. I mean, just a little bitter. I'm right? bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> I should have done. I should have been okay. stupid. <laughs> I know you're frustrated with Darren Waller. And this is a good tip for fantasy. Advice. Just because a guy is maybe not living up to the price tag you paid him doesn't mean that he's worthless. I think right. Waller's going to help you down the stretch even if it's only getting you 11 points a game rather than 18 like you were hoping for, uh, don't give up on Darren Waller quite yet. All right. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for uh, hanging out here on the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Again, you can find Marcus 
at uh, Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. You can find him on the Locked On Dynasty podcast and, of course, on Locked On Cowboys as well. Like we mentioned, tomorrow on the show is going to be Power Rankings Wednesday. Tony uh, Wiggins and James Rapine are going to help break all that down for you. Always a great show with those guys, so let them take care of you. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They will help you get your gamble straight. They are on an absolute heater right now. So go check that out with your boy Q and Lee Sterling, handicapping expert. Until then, we will see you all tomorrow on the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.